How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 169 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening when you drive down the road or work out, whatever it is you do, when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thanks so much for making How About That Cigar a part of it. And we are here, like I said, in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and let's talk about the new Freestyle live special edition broadcast on september 28th drew estate will unveil an entirely new premium cigar brand and the company is giving consumers the ability to experience it before the formal launch in the upcoming february or sorry in the upcoming freestyle live event pack the packs will be available at participating retailers nationwide starting on august 18th 10,000 of the packs have been prepared, each with an MSRP of $39.99. Every Freestyle Live event pack will include three unbanded new premium cigars, a three-cigar case, a cigar cutter with cigar rest, and a Freestyle Live flask. Each Freestyle Live event pack also includes a QR code, which the purchaser may use to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win incredible prizes from a pewter ashtray designed by Subculture Studios, a Gibson Les Paul Dark Limited guitar, and a 2022 Black Dodge Charger. And participating retailers can also win big and are automatically entered for a chance to win great prizes as well. Learn the identity of the mystery cigar by tuning in on September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Drew Estates Freestyle Live YouTube channel and Drew Estates Facebook page. Starting on August 18th, you can find a list of participating retailers at DrewEstate.com slash Freestyle Live 2022. So... Back again in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Garrett is on the road this evening. Where are you broadcasting from? Well, I am broadcasting from uh, northern Chicago area at Norwood Royal Cigars. Uh, I was here a few weeks ago. Uh, Those who haven't been to this humidor, destination humidor for sure. One of the largest uh, in the Midwest. And uh, I am grateful to Vic, who always... uh, allows me to come to his lounge and, and do the podcast when I'm in town. Very cool. Gotta love that. You gotta love it when you find a little home away from home. You know, it's mm-hmm. when you travel, you know, sometimes you find those shops that are just, uh, you know, they, they just, they feel, they have that feel like, like it's, it's almost like your home cigar lounge, but, but it can be hundreds and sometimes thousands of miles away. Um, so, uh, I, I don't want to talk about it, but I will. The Minnesota Twins are in a horrible <laughs> downward spiral. Oh, no. They're just, yeah, and I, Justin's sitting here like, I don't care. <laughs> Justin's, Justin Thanks. doesn't give two shits about baseball. But what, what's, yeah. that? what's that? What's what that? Is it? Is Viking that Stadium. A Vikings Ooh. shirt? Oh, it. that's adorable. That's, that's adorable. That started already? <laughs> Preseason started, guys. I'm in football mode already since the Twins. I mean, they might make the playoffs. Uh, If they do, yeah. If they do, they'll lose in the first round. They will absolutely lose in the first round. So I'm already switching to football mode, and I'm I'm in uh, deep in uh, football football mode. I'm looking at (laughs) fantasy stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited for football. Yeah, I I know we're we're going to be in a fantasy league together, and I have not had the time to honestly. I haven't looked at anything yet, so. 
my my draft may be like 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 random guess like pick whoever's at you know the best available and just go that route i because i have no time to do any scout yeah cam newton mm-hmm. and uh, uh sage rosenfels is always sage. one i i put i throw his name in there just because first of all because it's a funny name and second i don't think he's played in what 10 years 15 probably years. yeah um and and guys i i'm seeing so many so many of our friends in the uh in the comments thank you guys for being with us and watching the show tonight uh let us know in the comments what you're drinking and what you're smoking uh along uh along with us while we have uh the show going on uh so garrett mentioned football preseason football is underway uh the the vikings and packers both lost um but it's preseason it's really you know it doesn't mean a lot but it is cool to see some of the up-and-coming players that that could possibly you know be the next big thing uh and, and there were some um you know, there were some good plays made, I think, uh, you know, by by the Packers. I didn't see I, I watched the Packers re uh, replay highlights on YouTube. I didn't see the Vikings game highlights. Um, what do you defense. see? In- that our defense is looking real nasty. OK, that's good. That's good, because, that yeah. was, you know, that was a rough spot for I know for you guys last year. So, yeah. And, you know, say what you want about Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he didn't play. Um, I don't know if he would have played anyway, but he was on COVID protocol. But um, uh, the defense was the really shining point for me. Um, Several sacks, a couple new line guys, defensive ends, and our secondary looks really, really solid. So Okay, nice. Um, Yeah, we've got... one of our one of our draft picks at wide receiver, of course, his name escapes me right now. He had a great no, he did, catch. yeah, uh, and actually he had more than just the touchdown catch. He had he had a few good plays overall, and a good looks like the return game is coming back, which the Packers have been really kind of weak on the return game for the last ten years or so. So that would be nice to see that uh, improve. Uh, defense was a little shaky, but there were zero starters out there. Uh, right. So I, you know, it's it's hard to say, you know, yep. uh, in San Francisco, I don't remember his name either, but one of their, one of the quarterbacks, the, the younger, you know, draft pick guys that they had in there, um, was making a couple just ridiculous plays at the end of the, at the, toward the end of the game, uh, that I, I, I saw some stuff that really reminded me of, you know, just young, hungry quarterbacks, like, like, uh, Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers and and Brett Favre. I mean, he just really had some of that kind of just just get free and find an open guy and just whip the ball down the field. So so that was kind of cool to see. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's it's preseason. We'll see how it goes. And the, the Vikings play the 49ers this Saturday, I think, too, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 And the season opener, regular season opener. Oh boy, Vi- it's going to be a big one. Vikings uh, and Packers. <laughs> so that's going to be be a good season opener. Yeah. Uh, and I want to remind all our viewers about cigars and baseball. Uh, again, this is a fantastic event that's going to be on September 8th uh, at CHS field in St. Paul, Minnesota. So you, uh, and it literally is cigars and baseball. It's, the, it's all held on the concourse that surrounds this beautiful baseball field. There will be a baseball game happening on the field during the event. There's a lot of great cigar companies there. And uh, local restaurants with their food and local breweries and distilleries. 
Uh, so go to cigarsandbaseball.com to check that out. All the proceeds go to the Miracle League, which puts together baseball facilities for kids with disabilities so they still have a chance to play the game that they love. And, um, and how about that cigar will be there live? And how about that cigar will be there live covering the event and talking to all the great people uh, during that time. So please don't miss out on that. Uh, and I think it's time to jump right in to get our special guest on the show. So it is time for our special guest of the evening. And as always on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by our good friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please put your hands together and welcome back to How About That Cigar Live, a great friend of the show and a great friend of the cigar world from Tatuaje, Pete Johnson. Welcome back to How About That Cigar Live. What's up, guys? Hey, Matt, I, I have some criticism. Please bring it. Um, your commercial about Corona Cigar needs to be updated because that Davidoff Tampa Lounge is no yes. longer... Yes, and I have. I actually heard that a couple weeks ago from uh, Kevin at Cigar Prop, and I haven't taken the time yet to update that voiceover. So I, um, I have to get on that. And when when you said adorable about Garrett's shirt, it reminded <laughs> me of Ducky Dale from uh, was it Pretty in Pink? Right? No, was it Pretty in Pink? Yeah, yeah, adorable, yeah. adorable. <laughs> Deep track. I love it. That is fantastic. Uh, so thanks so for having me. Yeah, always love having you on the show. Um, and and we, uh, you know, before we jump into, you know, questions and all that stuff, uh, just let everybody know what you decided to light up tonight. There Baracu it is. Veracruz Blue. Veracruz Blue, uh, the number one, actually. I, uh, man, I'll tell you, I love, I love this cigar, but uh, I better because otherwise better. I wouldn't be selling it. <laughs> <laughs> And I've I'm I've got Garrett's I've got Garrett's show sample here. So oh, that's, that's just mean. So uh so uh, <laughs> yeah, smoke it, he doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. Well these so the the good news is uh, well two good news. One is I have Garrett's show sample, uh and he doesn't have it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but t the the other good news is that these have already started hitting store shelves uh here in the Twin Cities area. So if you're in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul uh, I know of at least one shop that's already got them on the shelf and most likely the other ones who place their orders have them as well. Nice. So Ramsey smoke shop, uh, Omar, you, I know you guys have them on the shelf. Uh, Garrett, well, I'll be honest. Sorry. My bad. I jumped no, ahead of you. Guys. Oh, no worries. I wanted to say something about Veracu blue. Yeah. yeah. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, when I, when I put the order in with the factory, I, I try to spread it out. So we're not, you know, because you go into a show 
2022, we were not sure because it's our second year back after the pandemic. How, how good is the show going to be? And we said, okay, ship this many out of the production. And then once that's done, uh, a month later, ship the rest. Uh, so now we have to wait for the rest, but we actually sold over <laughs> the whole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I digress. Garrett, what are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with a, a classic. Um, hey, look at that. Very nice. Havana Noblaise 6 in Robusto. Perfect. Very nice. It's, it's the, the baby of this. It is. So well, not I, a lot of people know. Not a lot of people know that the original Havana Six actually had Corojo. Oh yeah, the wrapper was Corojo ninety nine. Okay, uh, for the first year, and then we had to change because we stopped getting a quality product uh, from the supplier, and we switched to Habano Ecuador with the uh, Oliva tobacco, obviously, and that's been Habano Ecuador for the last 16 years, I guess. So yeah, or 15 years. So it's actually, it's actually, it's good uh, that we came out with the Corojo that the Garcia's grow. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel bad because I, I'm going to mention another thing that Garrett's missing out on, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. So I, I reached into my vault and I had two more, I had two left of uh, the fake meat. Oh, mother. <laughs> can, can you see those sparkles? Yeah, the, and I have to. I have to say, so the the cellophane is is nice and dark on these guys, yeah. and the the just beautiful sparkles coming from the the wrapper leaf uh, are pretty are pretty sweet. So I'm very sorry, Garrett, that you're missing out on this, but. Um, you know, it, <laughs> he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming for me. And I'm, I like uh, your attitude, Garrett. I'd be pissed too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna fire up this cigar right now on the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. Wait, we got Steve Soccer coming in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient. Play, pay close attention to detail and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars with Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sumper Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, that was awesome. By the way, nice job on making the flame jump. <laughs> Thank you. That, Thank that, you. That, that might be the coolest commercial I've seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hit or miss. That, that, that's the first interactive commercial I've ever seen in the cigar industry. There you go. It's it's so funny because when uh, a few weeks ago we had the this show we call the the industry hive mind with charlie and uh skip and abe and after after we did that commercial during that show abe was like that is the worst fucking commercial i've ever seen <laughs> so it's, you, you know you never know who's gonna like it who's who's not okay can we can we talk it, it about it depends on how well you lit your your last cigar on that commercial <laughs> you lit this one pretty good <laughs> Okay. I love it. I want to. Address... I talk a lot, so it's pretty funny. I want to address in our balls uh, too. 
I want to address a viewer a viewer comment. Yeah. Which one? This one? Yes. It's exactly ah. right. Oh, As, okay. okay, so let me let me let me kind of preface he's this taken. whole thing. Slicer, uh, he, he's he's a good friend. He likes to be like we don't really know each other face to face as much as we do online. But I consider him a friend enough to where he has my cell phone number and he texts me all the time. But uh, he he loves to be a troll. But that comment. There's some validity to it because he's actually done a lot of a lot of testing on cigars with cellophane, where he did different heat temperatures, different humidity levels, and it shows that the cellophane will change at different rates depending on how you store it. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well done, Slicer. His yeah. name's Fitzgerald, resident troll. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I will say this, I, I agree. Um, these these cigars i only i only had when i bought them in 2018 i think i bought seven of them and um you know they've they've been in the same humidor all my other cigars have been in just in a sort of the the lower section is for quote unquote aging which you know call that what you will but um but yeah there's there's uh it's frequent that if you see so there's there's one humidor in uh uh in wisconsin that uh is known for their mold problems i'm not going to name it up but they're known for their mold problems and we've talked about them on the show before and they also have an extensive collection of cigars with extremely dark cellophane but they also have a humidifier that turns that place into the 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 rainforest cafe <laughs> so I is that place still around it's it's still around sadly yes um yep. and and it's it those the cellophane on those cigars went brown because they get deeply over humidified <laughs> and typically you walk in there and it's not just from the amount of humidity in the air it's also because it's about 80 degrees every time you walk inside that that humidor so it's way too hot and it's way too moist uh, in there. Yeah, so. and anytime you get that humidity level up, it, it's gonna it's gonna spit off color. No matter what the color is, you could be working with a shade grown, you know, Claro wrapper. If you're if you're working with it wet, yeah. If you're working with it wet on, like, say the the rollers, if they're working with it wet, their their fingers are gonna get color on, them, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Slicer, you ever chew tobacco? That's kind of what it is. <laughs> so I I don't know if I've met you yet, Slicer, <laughs> and if I haven't, I'm sorry. We need to. You got to hit me up. Email me Matt at howaboutthatcigar.com. We got to hook up and have a cigar one of these days. If well, we Jay, Jason Jason's actually in the Navy and he, he lives local. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so and we with, may have met already. Right you guys. So yeah, awesome. he just well, no, moved no, there. No. So. I was going to say yellow cell or not. This thing is delicious. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Well, and okay. this, this kind of, so, sorry, Garrett, go ahead. No. Well, I was just, I was going to start talking about tattoos. If I can, if you have something else that segues better, let me know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cigar show. It's not a tattoo show, but no, I, I will. No, you go ahead. Well, let's go tattoo. to your resident tattoo artist, Pete Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, wasn't I a tattoo artist at one time? Oh, there you go. 
That's one so, of the best rumors in the industry, by the way. That, that you were a tattoo, tattoo artist? artist? Yeah. So I'm wondering if we can... Uh, are you able to show your Opus tattoo? Can uh, you get that on camera? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. You see it? Right there. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. All Carlito, right, Carlito has asked me whether or not I've covered it up. And there, there's, uh, <laughs> hey, there you go. Look at that. So just I decided, remember, just remember, I had it first. You did, <laughs> absolutely, and you were an inspiration to that. And we talked a little bit about this on the show. And um, I am sleeving up with cigar stuff. Uh, I did uh, the Opus one first because Fuente was my first love. It was my first cigar. Um, adventure. No, it's not. It's not Opus One. It's Opus Ten. No, I'm sorry. It, it... <laughs> Don't say that. Don't break out another lawsuit. No more lawsuits. Sorry, it's I'm Opus kidding. X. Yeah. Um, and now uh, Pete actually just sent me the artwork, and uh, next week I'm getting Fausto here. Nice. Interesting. Right next story. to the Opus One. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be forearm right here. Oh my God, dude. That's, that's fucking cool as shit. I'm in great company. So thank you. That You're was, in, yeah, so good Fausto, real estate. That was, that was my pregame cigar. Justin gave me one of his Faustos. So, mm. yeah. And uh, when I was in New York, I got to meet and have a cigar and chat with Mo for a while. And I found Mo out knows. Mo is also getting a Fausto tattoo. And uh, really, mm-hmm. and so we're he, gonna. Be... He hasn't told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wasn't. Not that I care. Not that but, I uh, care. Uh, we're both. Uh, we're both getting the bat, basically the 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 Fausto. It's, well, here's the cool part about it. If you take the one that I did, which is the Fausto with the Esteli tobaccos, Esteli whatever. That's just the same version of the Cuban one. It just said Habana on it yeah. before. So uh, it's actually, it's a, it, no matter what you do, it's an homage to history of, the, of tobacco. And that's, that was a really cool logo uh, in Cuba. So why am I going to change it? Of course not. Well, and the reason why I went with Fausto as opposed to, you know, the cool calligraphy or the, you know, Tatawahe logo is... Fausto was the first cat that I had that absolutely blew me away. And that's what um, started me on my, uh, on my tat journey. So I'm loving the comments, man. Sorry. Oh, great. These comments are gold. This is, these comments are gold. How much does a tramp stamp cost? I want space for the tramp stamp. Well, a tramp stamp from surrogates is only, I think, uh, eight fifty, if I recall. <laughs> we'll start a GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might be up to nine dollars by now, but it's 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 still. It's, I know. I think it's eight fifty, if I remember correctly. So what? What anyway. was your last tattoo? <laughs> Mine. Yeah. Oh shit, dude. Uh, it was actually. I haven't had a tattoo in a long time. But I got all of these, like this right here is the, it's the stamp of the Girard in San Emilion, which is like the secret society that grows the wine growers in San Emilion. They actually, 
it's funny story about that tattoo. One of the guys that's a, I'm a friend friends with this chateau. He's part of the the organization. He they, every once in a while they vote in non participating uh, members. Like if you're not a wine grower in, in Bordeaux, uh, you can't get in. But they do vote in like people that promote the culture and the wine community of Santa Maria. And he saw my tattoo. He goes, I want to get you in as one of those honorary members. I was like, okay, just tell me when to show up. I never got in because I never went back. <laughs> but uh, but he, he actually started smoking cigars. He hit me up just recently. Um, he's a family-owned wine uh, chateau in Santa Maria. His family's been growing grapes for four generations. Uh, they're Italian. They moved to Bordeaux. And uh, they, they make some really good very cost efficient a wine. I said, you know, economical, great wine. Uh, I think their most expensive bottle might be 50 bucks, which is easily better than most hundred dollar yeah. bottles. But uh, that was probably one of my last ones. And then of course, Bouvet du Van, Vivier Wayu, which is a uh, drink life, uh, drink, uh, drink, uh, drink wine and live life joyously. And then the, this is the symbol of Pomerol which is uh, right next to Santa Milione and is connected to uh, wine grapes and everything. So that was kind of like my last venture in tattoos. I haven't really had the, the want to get another tattoo only because I, I don't think I'm sure what I would get next. So I wait. So, so you're not, you're not thinking about like going full, like post Malone face tattoos and, <laughs> actually it's funny recently i thought about getting like a neck tattoo right here oh yeah <laughs> i swear to god i don't know i think i woke up and go oh, that might be kind of cool and i then i realized nah maybe not <laughs> how about that cigar oh yeah, there you go. yeah. Burn, burn cigars not bridges there you go <laughs> there you go we'll, we'll pay for that i still I, I love that line by the way who came up with that that was matt i did i did well done yeah. well done yeah, just I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't even remember when it was. It was, it was sometime before. How about that cigar started? It was just I don't know. I I saw a lot of there was something going on where a bunch of people were bickering back and forth on social media oh, about never, cigars. Never. And <laughs> in our <laughs> industry, never. Come <laughs> on, who does that? <laughs> that never happens. Yeah, like we were talking about off the air before right. we went live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of cigars, um, just looking back a little bit, you know, we saw saw you at the uh, at Glamour Shots. Oh, yeah, so that must have been where it is. <laughs> God. Oh. All right, I'll bring up that story later for those of you who haven't heard that story. Um, but uh, so. Going back, we we got to see you again at PCA. Um, always always fantastic running into you, but crazy busy at PCA. I mean, um, it was it was really a whirlwind this year, and um, it was cool going into PCA because there was good news, you know, on the legislative front and all that stuff before this trade show even happened. So I think everybody just had a really um, you know positive vibe going into everything, and. Um, so just just give us a quick rundown how everything went for you guys. It seemed to just be a fantastic show. Yeah, it was it was amazing. We had the, uh, I mean, we had this kind of like this special deal thing, not deal, but uh, 
a couple special projects that you need to get in on Saturday to get. Um, of course, we completely oversold, so I have to go back and rework all the numbers of who's getting what. But uh, all in all, it was great until until the day I saw you, I think, which was Monday, right? Yeah. Monday, I got a bug like you wouldn't believe um, and walked out of the convention hall somewhere around, I don't know, right after we had our interview. Oh, wow. And... And went up to the room, took like four Advil, took a a 20-minute power nap and came back down and then realized I needed to go back to the room and do the same thing again. But I I tested uh, for COVID. Like I did five rapid tests and one PCR and all of them came back negative. So I got something else. Yeah. And I'm going to say it might have been food poisoning. I don't know. Yeah, that that's but it was it was it was a it was a weird it was a weird day for me. Like I all of a sudden had like the chills, like I couldn't I couldn't even be in, in the convention hall. I was like, Oh, it's Monday, half the people are gone already. It's just they pumping in too much air conditioning, I'm just cold because of that. Yeah. And then I started shivering. I was like, Okay, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I walked yeah. by someone who was gonna come by and interview me and I go <laughs> no. don't come near me <laughs> but yeah I, I went immediately to Walgreens got a bunch of tests and before I left Vegas I actually took four tests yeah all, all negative. negative and yeah, I was like okay it, these things I'm, glad work. <laughs> I'm glad it was all negative because you know a lot of people ended up uh, I'm, I know everybody's heard the stories a lot of people ended up you know coming home with positive COVID tests from PCA <laughs> Um, maybe not a lot, but you know, a, a, a fair number of people. Yeah, it was unfortunate, but I mean, we can't blame our small industry for any right. of that, especially because there was, I don't know, a couple other million people in Vegas that weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Vegas and it's, you know, a hundred and I don't know how well COVID thrives in 120 degree temperatures, but probably pretty damn well. I don't know. Maybe maybe it could have been the time that I was playing slot machines and I took my cigar and put my hand next to my mouth after I hit the button of the slot machine. <laughs> that yeah. could have happened, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um it wasn't it so, wasn't the kiss that I got from Matt Booth for sure. It was <laughs> <laughs> must have been those bad hot dogs at the food court. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I got a I got a kiss from uh, Jeremiah well, Mirafel. Adam, Adam, I'm curious how Adam did because he just commented. I'm curious if he went back with COVID or if he held out pretty good because I hung out with him too. I know, maybe, I know. At one maybe point, maybe I was the super spreader. Yeah, there. You go. <laughs> at one, I think it was the last day. Jared, me, once, I don't it? have it. You guys all yeah. got it from me. <laughs> Was it the last day that we were talking to those guys and and we were all kind of leave? We were all getting ready to leave, and Adam just was like not feeling well at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, yeah. Shit. Oh, that sucks. You know, you know it's it, it's uh, I've come home from Vegas before with uh, you know a cold or something like that. It, you know, it happens. It's the, like you said. There's like a there's a million people there, and Dude, a million different ways. Like we burn ourselves out. Like it's like literally like we go to bed at 2 a.m. and wake up at 8 to go to the show floor and smoke all day and then drink by happy hour and yeah. we rinse and repeat. It, it, we just we burn ourselves out. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's for everybody. Even you guys are up way earlier trying to get content ready for whatever you're doing. So yeah, it, it's just, it, it happens. Uh, yep. and we're lucky that no one came out of it really bad. Exactly. I've heard, I've heard a couple stories from friends that they're like, Oh man, I was down for a week. And I was like, Did really? Yeah. Like, Maybe he never. I, I knew someone who never got it before got it, and he was hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And Nicole from Smoking Tobacco, she got it pretty hard too. I think it's her first time. She did. Yeah, she oh, did. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, she got hit hard. Yeah. I got um, it for Christmas, so it was like the second. This second wave was e- easy peasy. I went to yeah. dinner that night. Like I was feeling fine by dinner. Yeah, it's Vegas. It's a it's a week filled with bad decisions. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes things are going to happen. So, um, I want to talk about the, so the cigar that, that Justin and I are smoking right now, you know, it has this San Andreas wrapper on it and, and you guys have really been, um, you know, you've really been busy with this particular type of, of wrapper leaf, you know, lately. Um, and one of the things that was announced at the, at the trade show was this new uh, Loma de Cerdo. If Lo, Loma, Loma, Loma de Cerdo. Yeah. Loma and, de and Cerdo. So that uh, is pork tenderloin. basically like the pork tenderloin with... Uh, so is it a reimagined blend or is it the tenderloin blend with the San Andreas wrapper? No, it's, it's the tenderloin blend with okay. San Andreas. Obviously, tobacco changes. You know, you're talking about the, tender, the original tenderloin, you know, was made multiple years ago. Um, the Garcias actually by that time were using pretty much all their farms to, to grow their filler. But back, back during the original pork tenderloin, we, we obviously used a wrapper from a different farm uh, in Connecticut because now we have a new grower. Uh, so obviously that's Connecticut broadly version. But we might have used one of the binders might have come from a different farm from someone else, which probably would have come from Oliva Tobacco. So it's uh, it's as close as possible. I mean, this is when I put together that blend. It's always very select farms, and and that's it. And you know, definitely the San Andreas kind of throws it for a twist. Yeah. Well, and this, um, you know, this cigar, this this fake meat cigar, which was it was super limited run in 2018. I think from what I read, three thousand cigars were made. Um. Uh, or maybe it was 3000 bundles. Um, but it was super limited and the, this cigar has, has rested really well. You know, it's, it's only four years old, but it has rested really well. And it really has, has that great kind of, you know, earthy sweet characteristic that I love getting from, from San Andreas. Um, talk to us a little bit about the, there's also the and I'm, I'm I always butcher the pronunciation Tuxla Tuxla, Tuxla. Tuxla. You, you got it right yeah Tuxla and so that that's some of those you know Tatuaje cigars that that people have grown to love over the years kind of reimagined with that wrapper leaf um, yeah and those those are the identical blend inside okay just with that it's it's really about showing expressions of wrapper okay. and how much a wrapper can really change the flavor profile in your palate. And it's really about, it's more about the teaching experience uh, for the consumer and for even us. I mean, we love going into the factory and say, Hey, let's, uh, 
let's take that blend and put this wrapper on it. Let's see how it is. And it's nice to to be able to taste those different things and see why a cigar can change so much from a wrapper. So that's why we do it. And and moving forward, obviously, anything that comes with the San Andreas um, that that we're doing for a limited product, we'll have that Tuxa label on it. Okay. Um, one of the other things that got announced at the trade show is the new uh, – Britannicus extra for the the Cabaguan. and and that's Ooh. Garrett mentioned his first tatuaje. Um, I think he said was the Fausto, and for my first tatuaje that I bought and smoked was the Cabaguan. The just you know, and it it's still in my regular rotation. I love that cigar. And so talk to us. And there's it's not just the Cabaguan that you announced some some of that Britannicus. Uh, but, but talk to us about that particular size and the name, because that it's, it, it's got some significance to it across some of the different lines. Well, the Botanica extra size is a Cuban Vitola, um, five and three eighths by 48 perfecto, not really tapered too much. It, it's actually, uh, a mold that I wanted to use for a long time. And back in, um, 2012 we were in Dortmund uh Germany at our trade show there and Jaime I told Jaime that I wanted to use that particular size and he actually went to the mold maker that was making the molds who was actually making them for Cuba also uh to get a couple sets of those molds unfortunately over the years of using them for the regular you know Belong size because that's when we used them for the first time the molds have started to deteriorate. So we, we literally have like one set of molds, but we also only have one pair of rollers rolling that cigar. So luckily we don't do a huge production of any Britannica extra sizes. So you have the surrogates, which was a small production, you know, 500 boxes of 20, 10,000 cigars. And then the Atelier uh, ERB or the Racine, which was also a Britannica mold. And then the Cabai Juan, we still make the Belongs. We potentially might be making the Belong Reservas for next year again. And then, uh, you know, obviously there are some other things that I want to play with uh, moving forward. But uh, it's, a, it's a size I love because it, it's, it's a cool shape. It's something about it I've always loved. And I've always loved it in the Cuban Vitolas that I've smoked. So, um yeah, that was the reason why I started that whole concept with using the Britannica uh, size or Britannica extra size because of um, my love for the few Cubans that I smoked yeah. in that same size. Yeah, that was um, it's it's a size that I, I you described it as, you know, it's it's sort of a perfecto, but it's not it's it, it doesn't have that rigid. It doesn't you know, that torpedo end on the on the perfecto doesn't come to a point it's more softly rounded almost like a marble head or a uh what a, i can't remember the other term right now well you know it's funny because as much as i love like salomones and diademas the one thing i hate about them is the bubble at the end yes i usually chop them i'll be honest every time i i go into smoking one of those cigars i cut the foot off also because I, I don't I'm I'm kind of impatient <laughs> <laughs> and I want to get past that that 
for lack of better terms, I want to get past that little nipple and yeah. and get straight to the belly of it, right? Yeah. Because it's you have to you have to work through that small point to get to the belly and it's it's kind of a struggle for me. So I just choose to chop it off. It's not probably the best etiquette, but then again, I used to chop open sex A's in half. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, I, I do that not every time I smoke one, but it's pretty common still that if I'm smoking like a Hemingway signature, I'll I'll chop off that that nipple end. Because yeah, the, the Hemingways are not not so bad, but they they do have that that little point there. Yeah, that you want to kind of burn through. I, I, it's it's funny because I always find that no matter what cigar it is, no matter what brand, if I leave that that point on, I I constantly have to touch it up before the belly hits. Yeah, because it doesn't always want to burn perfect with the way that rollers actually put those together they're using literally like you know their chevetta or a razor blade to cut that wrapper in a certain way so it closes on top but it's a lot of overlapping yeah so it ends up being kind of tough to burn through on you know when you think of a traditional wrapper it's it's all the way around but with when it comes to the 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 little point it's actually folded over a little bit. So you end up getting like double wrapper on, on some point of it. So it's always tough to burn through. And it is, it's rare. And regardless of manufacturer, factory, country of origin, whatever the cigar with that type of a, uh, of an end on it, it's like you said, it's so intricate and getting everything layered just, just right. It's really rare that you get one where the combustion is just right all the way around without having to, you know, t- touch it up or anything like that. Because it's very difficult to put that tobacco in there layered just perfectly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not an easy cigar to roll. Yeah. I mean, when we first started making Salamones and Diademas in Miami back in 2004, Papin was the only one that rolled them. Yeah. Like, he was the guy that was rolling them. Obviously, times have changed, but... Uh, but the lady who still makes them was the girl that took over for Pepin when he stopped rolling. Wow. So she's still, she's still with the family still in Miami. Um, we have a great crew of rollers in Miami and she's uh, one of our, she's our longest standing. She was there since day one. Man. So she's been with us since 2003. Well, that, that actually is a very perfect great segue. Perfect segue. <laughs> so, we know that, you know, looking back at having this brand for nearly 20 years, it's coming up on 20 years. What are some of the things you would go back and tell your younger self when you were first starting out Tatuaje, that, that you would tell your younger self when you were first, la- first launching the brand, if you could? Well, I mean, obviously, everybody knows this story. I mean, I would tell myself never to paint the inside of a box. That's, That's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I've said that multiple times. So, um, yeah, that's a no-brainer. I, I don't know. I think I think a lot, a lot of it. Um, I mean, listen. Early on, people kind of got me into doing like stupid shit. Not, not 
cigar wise, but promotion wise. And there was a guy that like, he was working for, I won't say the company, but he was working for a big company. Um, and he thought it would be funny to challenge me to like an MMA style fight. <laughs> what? And, and I said, yeah, sure. But he was a hockey player. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to come in and start throwing punches like a hockey player, I'm out. Like, <laughs> but if you want to do a real fight, I'll, 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 I'll do it. But this is going to be the stupidest thing I've ever done. And we got to the event, and uh, luckily, uh, they were doing a other other fighting with other like professional people, obviously. And it, it, it rained, so we, like, <laughs> we canceled it, which was very welcoming for me because, listen, I didn't prepare. <laughs> I was just going to make a fool of myself. So <laughs> I'm happy that never happened. Um, but I should have never said yes in the first place. Um, yeah, dumb shit like that. Um, other than that, man, I've always kind of stuck with, you know, like the best thing I ever did was, you know, everybody was like, okay, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You got everything you do is with the Garcia family. You know, eventually you might want to branch out. And guess what? 20 <laughs> years later, pretty happy. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. So I, I just I, I believe in in you know being honest with people and and having integrity in what you do and when it comes to having that relationship, you know your your word goes a long way and even to this day I mean we we don't have contracts it's a it's a handshake and a love for the fact that we support each other yeah so I mean it's much different now I actually. I guess that technically I have a contract. <laughs> <laughs> that's a contract. That's a contract. But that's, that's, a, that's a little different. Yeah. But, right. Exactly. I mean, it, it's family. I mean, we, there was never anything about, and, and the best thing I did was that, you know, I, I made sure I paid my bills and I made sure that, uh, that the retailers that carried the product cared about it as much as I did. And I never tried to grow too quick. And even to this day, we've been pretty, you know, steady and slow and not trying to uh, be this monster. So 20 years later, I guess I could have just blown up completely. I will tell you that I'm happy I never sold the company. Yeah. Um, because I, I truly believe that, that I have something special and that I want to stick with it. So Just that's going to be offers. part of my life. Yeah, and I would imagine, like Garrett said, I would imagine you, over the years you've gotten offers multiple times. I've had uh, a couple, and I always like to throw out some ridiculously absurd number <laughs> because it, it's really a family thing. And and there's always been stipulations when I've had conversations with people, and I won't mention who they are. It's always been, you know, if I want to make sure the production stays with the family because they're making me what I think is a great product, and I want to stay in that realm. Plus, I want to make sure that they're supported also. So, I, yeah, the, the numbers always that I throw out are, they're like the shocking, like, why, what? Like, and I'm like, well, it's a family business, so if you want to buy a family business, you're going to pay a lot. Yeah. I want to say, you see you throw up the pinky like Dr. Evil and say, $1 billion. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I don't think, um, is there anybody in the cigar industry that could ever get to a billion dollar? I don't I mean, think so. 
not 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 a not a small company. No, not a not a family company. Yeah, but I don't even think I don't even think a how much did Habano sell for? Even the big conglomerates. No, it was two. It was one point two million. Yeah, so so there you go. Yeah, that's the only. So it's not happening. Yeah, it's just not happening. Um, but again, I'm I'm I, I love what I do. I'm not, and I love the family I work with. And right. I think if I ever had anybody uh, buy Tatawahe, it would be the family. I will yeah. tell you that one day they asked me how much the company was worth, and this is a long time ago. And I, I said, I don't know. I've joked about it with people. And and Jaime and Pepin actually reached out their hands like, let's go. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I actually pulled my hand back. I said, no. <laughs> no, they're 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 family. And uh Yeah. And and that's that's the one if if I had my perfect scenario, we would just roll everything up together. Obviously they're they're a much bigger company than Tatuai. Uh we would just roll everything up together and just expand to where we're just a bigger cohesive unit yeah and just get a little bit more market penetration i think for both companies it would it would be helpful so well and over the years you've done you know you've done a handful of special projects with uh some retailers and things like that what when when somebody approaches, because I'm sure you get approached all the time about doing, hey, will you do a special project with us? That kind of thing. What what are you looking for when somebody comes to you with an idea for a special project that that makes you want to put skin in the game and actually participate? Well, it's it's not really that. It's it's really it's retailers that that uh, have been with us for a long time. Okay. Obviously, that's a that's a big priority for for us. I stopped doing a lot of single retailer things. I've I've branched out where I do kind of like a hybrid of it, where I give them a like the brunt of the shipment or a version of of the product, and then I go on and do another version for everybody else, or I give everybody else a piece of of what they had also, but at a later time. But in the early days when I was doing a lot of store collaborations. I, uh, it was really about relationships. It was really about making sure that, uh, the people that, that were supporting me, I was supporting them back. And it was always the question of like, I'm going to come up with a good cigar for you. I promise you that the, the key is I need to know what you want because you know, your customer base better than I do. So they would always feed me the size and I would always kind of go, are you sure? Like if, if it was, if it was an odd request, I'm like, I don't know if that's the best choice. How about we do something like this instead? Um, But then there's some, there's some circumstances where they've, they've actually said, Hey, let's do something. I whip something together knowing that I absolutely love it. And uh, they go, are you going to send me samples? I said, no. (laughs) No, I'm I'm happy with it. It's good because I don't want them. I, it's kind of backwards, but I, I I want them to believe in in what I do. Yeah, and and I'll make sure that that I put my best foot forward. So it is. It, it's it's a lot of work to to do those small projects though, because 
it it does throw a wrench into the machine. Yeah. Actually, that's a good question from Chad. Do you remember what the most limited production store release was? Like, was there something, um, say, you know, less than a thousand cigars? Yeah, let me see if I can remember. Um, well, shit, like, well, there, there was always been some oddballs out there. And sometimes it might be something we do for Phil from Up Down for Mardi Gras. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, but usually even even with Phil, there it's a it's a few thousand sticks here and there. Um I'm I'm trying to remember that this oh yeah. Okay. Let, let me do the math real quick. Uh no, those were always over those were actually the no, that was over a thousand also. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have one actually from Phil at Updown. Uh, it, there's a bundle in my humidor that's still unopened, and Garrett Garrett's nodding his head. He knows that I have a bundle of these, of uh, what was called the the King Beefcake. Yeah, and I have a yeah, bundle that, of those in my humidor. Yeah, that was a few thousand sticks. Um, you know, over the years it got harder and harder. But in the early days, we did three limited edition store releases. Back in 2006, one for Dion Gilito, which was called the Bombazo. Yeah. One for Kevin Phillips uh, and uh, the guys from, they, they had a store called, uh, wow, what was the name of that store? Leaf and Ale back in the day. Oh, yeah. It was, they were kind of way before their time. It was a beer store with cigars, like way before their time. Um, and then... The next one was Tower with the Cohete. So those box I think we made like 70, 75 boxes of each of those. So that's over a thousand sticks right there. Um, because there are boxes of twenty-five and uh they were made in Miami, small batch. And then eventually, you know, when we started doing Nicaragua, it, it was hard to like do a like less than like 3,000. Then it was hard to do less than 4,000. Then it was hard to do less than 5,000. So now now it's like it's hard to do less than 6,000 cigars before the factory looks at me with like evil eyes and says no. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's it's people... Again, it's know, not people... my factory. You know, it's, it's not yeah. my factory. They, they let me play in their... Their facility, I call it a playground. Jaime Garcia will not call it a playground. <laughs> he goes there to work. I'm just blessed that he lets me play. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to go, hey, I need a, I need a thousand sticks. They're like, come on, be, you know, like seriously, do we have to stop the rollers from rolling this cigar and make right. a thousand cigars? It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, Miami, it's a lot easier because I can go into Miami. Um, and say, hey, make me 500 sticks. Yeah. The problem with that is that they're a lot more expensive. A oh, lot yeah. More expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes people don't, they they maybe don't realize the ramifications of going to, you know, the My Father Cigar Factory and saying, hey, I want you to take these X number of Boncheros and Roleros and put them on a project to make a thousand cigars. They're like, no, that's, that, 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 it really does mess up 
because they've got regular production numbers that they have to meet for the brands that their retailers have come to expect. I have to jump in. So Shades Slicer um, said that Tower was under a thousand. It was not. It was like seventeen fifty. It was a. It was a. It was above a thousand for sure. What about uh, but the, I what did about make the- him. I did make him. I did send him. Uh, let's just say I sent him some cigars for his wedding. <laughs> nice, nice. So I don't know why he's such a troll. I got him such a. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Soto? Oh yeah, dude! I love that cigar. By the way, the Soto was a, a fairly big production. That was a like a hundred boxes of twenty-five. So you got twenty-five hundred cigars. Um, that was, I think it was, it might have been more than that though for some reason. But the WCD one twenties were actually more, more than that originally too. I think that was a, that was at least twelve hundred cigars on the WCD one twenty. Because okay. I. I think actually, I think that might have been like twenty four hundred because I made like two hundred boxes of twelve. So, okay, quick math by Pete Johnson. <laughs> Barkley Rex, Barkley Rex was uh, Casey, my brother. Of course, thanks a lot, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my brother. Uh, that was a hundred boxes of twenty five, Casey, because it was their hundredth anniversary. So, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Suck it. So, uh, suck it, (laughs) uh, Garrett, before we went live, actually, before Pete even jumped into the green room, uh, you had something. So I want you to to jump into that now. All right. So Pete, as we're heading into the fall season, um, white girls all over the country are getting their (laughs) pumpkin spice lattes palette ready. (laughs) It's a great time for them. Um, wanted to talk about monsters okay and yeah. i know we've discussed monsters in the past but um talking with some some birdies there's a, a cool story about how the monster series was envisioned and and drawn up can yeah. you can you just bring I us through a, that a lot of people know the story already but uh my friend jose augusto from gloucester street cigars back in uh boston uh, right off of Newberry Street, there was a small store called Gloucester Street, which actually there's a great history to Gloucester Street because that store had been open for a long time. Uh, and a lot of people ran through that store, including uh, Ra- Raquel Casada worked there while she was oh, wow. going to school. So, like, there's a lot of people that filtered through that store. But Jose was an employee at one time, and then eventually he owned the store with, with a good friend, uh, Jack Dickermanji. And uh, he he actually brought it up to me. He's like, you should do a theme cigar. And I had done a couple store things. And then he's like, nah, he's like, you got to do a theme thing, like something that, you know, like a holiday or something that, that or around by sports or whatever. And we were, it was just during the time that Johnny Cupcake's T-shirts were like the hottest thing since sliced bread. Wow. And I don't know if you remember Johnny Cupcake's, but. It Sadly, looked like a yes. cupcake store, but you would walk in going to get a cupcake and you realize I, I, there's no cupcakes, it's just T-shirts. Um, brilliant, brilliant. But they, people were crazy that would like sleep on a sidewalk in, in Boston, uh, Massachusetts for a week to get a limited edition T-shirt. 
And Jose actually was a big sneakerhead, like way before sneakerheads, right? And he pulled out a sneaker that was a Frankenstein Nike. Mm. And I was like, oh, monsters. That's that's awesome. Like, yeah, absolutely. And before I even left that shop that day, I had like ideas for at least seven or eight monsters in my head. And I, I said, it was like, oh, my God, I'm going to put them in a coffin-shaped box. And there are going to be quantities of 13 per box. And then it, it just evolved. I left the store that day with the idea in my head. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to kind of make it like almost Johnny Cupcakes-ish where <laughs> you, you couldn't, you, you, you kind of had to be on the button to get it. And it ended up being, it became a, a nightmare and it became a monster of its own. And then I'd had to expand because the demand just instantly went through the roof. And that's when I started doing, okay, I want to keep the coffins kind of special. Let's do these undress boxes. It's the same cigar. It's just in a plain box. Yeah. But then it became like, oh, <laughs> no, I have to find, I have to find the dress box. So this, the last, since we got to do the reset, we, we ended the first wave, the 13 monsters, and we're back to beginning again. We did Frank last year and Drac. There's always going to be, all of them are going to be coffins now. The box factory in Nicaragua, which the Garcia zone also has the capacity to make me more of the dress boxes. But now we're doing two different dress boxes every year. So one is still the limited number ones. And then the other is the dress box that everybody wanted for the secondary box instead of buying, you know, the cedar ply box. So, yeah, it, it, it became, it became a problem. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a, a monster of its own, and I just kind of have to keep on making sure that that people are happy with it. The the first key out of all of it, of course, is the the cigar, and I'm happy to say that this is the redux of the Drac this year, so there will be no painted inside box. <laughs> um, not doing that again. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. It's it's really about making people happy with it, and and you know it's also trying to make sure that the retailers are happy with it too, because it's hard to distribute six hundred and sixty six boxes. Actually, <laughs> not even that; it was like six hundred and forty seven total, because we would always keep actually forty six, because we'd always keep fourteen plus. We also had I make seven hundred total but i have double x boxes where on the back instead of a number it just says double x so i know it was one of my private stash and those usually end up at uh events or at charity auctions like recently i sent some some boxes to um i sent a box and a lighter cutter set to a an auction where all the money went to the cra which i was more than happy to do that so yeah i mean it's uh, it's a project, and it was a, yeah. it was a lot of fun in the early days uh, working. You know, when Jose put that in my head with that, showing me that sneaker, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna go down a fucking rabbit hole here." <laughs> so when and you're, I did, when you're looking at a, a Redux project, what is that? What does that all entail for you? It's really trying to make sure I stay true to the original blend. 
Um, and then trying to come up with something creative for the packaging. Obviously, the coffin shape of the box uh, is very integral to the to the project. And that's eventually evolved. I mean, Liz, I have a trademark on that shape of the box. So that's how important that box is to Tatuaje. We actually own a trademark for a coffin, like a, you know, old crypt style box. So that's just a warning to anybody who decides they want to use it. I, I hate to be the bad guy, but I will send you a nice little letter yeah. or a text message saying, please stop. <laughs> Well, our, our friend uh, Matt Vegdahl here in Twin Cities area says, please release the creature. That blend was amazing. And I, I concur. Yeah, I'm going to do the creature as an NFT. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You brought it up. So I, so we had a No, 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 no. Wait, I don't uh, even want to get into the conversation. It's, 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 I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to kind of sit on the sidelines for a long time on that one because I, 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 I get it and I don't get it. So I just really kind of want to, you know, see what, what's happening with it. But I know that people are paying outrageous amounts of money for these things, um, which is amazing that, that LaFleur can put this together and, you know, thumbs up to those guys for, for coming up with something really cool for the industry. I just hope that, uh, that uh, it works out in their favor. Yeah. Yeah, and I I honestly am coming from the same kind of boat where I I really don't understand the I mean I'm you know I I am an old set in my ways guy and and you know I I own all of $10 in cryptocurrency. You know, that's that's how far into the game and I've gone. I own zero so, in crypto. <laughs> so that that I just don't really, you know, NFTs and crypto and all that I don't I don't pretend to understand it, but I I applaud them for being like like the monster series, way outside of the box, new level thinking, an NFT cigar at way outside of the box, new level thinking. I applaud them. I don't I still don't understand it, but I I I applaud them and I wish them all the success in the world. I think they'll do great with it. Um I and and honestly it's I, I love the concept of it because I love the fact that they're, you know, that seven people are getting like this really special thing. I obviously, I think that, that eventually probably they'll be on the shelves for people to buy, not from them, but, but from the people that, that bought the NFTs. Yeah. Um, so everybody will be able to, you know, at least try it. They might be expensive, but uh, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, I, you you know me i love making small batch shit um yeah yeah i i make stuff in miami where i literally make 50 cigars you know and i probably usually end up handing them out and telling people hey do me a favor you have to smoke this right here now because i only made 50 <laughs> of them and i don't want you trying to sell this yeah so. <laughs> um when you've been playing around in the factory, uh, either with the rollers in Miami or down in Nicaragua, have you have have you seen, you know, maybe you start playing around with this, you find this leaf that is, you, you just fall in love with this leaf and then you realize, oh shit, there's hardly any of it to go around. 
that you've fallen in love with and been like, oh, damn, I really want to turn this into something, but there's not enough of it to go around? Yeah, I mean, early on in the days of Pelladioro, when when Pepin and Jaime started growing Pelladioro, there was a very limited amount of it. And there was the occasional like time where Pepin would come to me and say, hey, I have like enough to make 10,000 leaves or 10,000 cigars with this particular wrapper. Sometimes I utilize it. Sometimes I just stay away from it um, because it's too much of a headache. A La Verite is a good example. Um, it's, it's a project, and it's really about taking time to search for the right tobaccos to put into the cigar. And that's probably why I've only done three of them. Yeah. Um, could I have made more La Verites in those years? Yes, but uh, I, don't think, I don't think the cigar market really was ready for that concept because that was kind of like – that was kind of like in a weird way, an NFT in a sense, but it was based off of futures for right. the wine industry. So that's, that's uh yeah, the occasion, like right now we have some rapper in Miami that, that, um, that came from ASP, you know, ASP, the Perez family, uh, great growers of Connecticut, Ecuador. And we have literally a box of it sitting in Miami. <clears throat> Pepin wants me to use it, but I have to find, I have to, he, first of all, I have to use it in Miami. And traditionally, we don't use Connecticut wrapper in Miami. We have to make sure we pick the right roller to roll the cigars because it's a very delicate wrapper. And uh, I need to make sure I have the right blend to put it on and the right size to put it on for me. So we haven't touched it. It's just sitting. Hopefully, it will stay good for a while. But, you know, there's, there's, a, there's kind of a shelf life for wrapper when it's in a box. You know? Yeah. So Arnold's got a good question that kind of ties into, so, you know, as far as La Verite, have you, have you looked through, you know, particular crops from different years and said, okay, this one is just, cause like you said, you've only done it those three times. And has it just been that you've looked through crops from certain years and been like, it's just not good enough to, to put it all into one blend. It's, it's not really that it's not good enough because I think the tobacco is great. Um, it's really about coming up with the blend that I like. So okay. in 2000, in 2010, so I did 08 and 09 back to back. 08 and 09 were completely different animals uh, because what was growing on that farm in 08 was much different than what was growing on the farm in 09. 2010 came and I put samples together, smoked a bunch of them, gave them to three other people, my brother, actually four other people, my brother, Casper, um, who you know, Sean Johnson, no relation, Dan Welsh, and also Dan Reeve. If you know Dan oh, Reeve, yeah. he, he yes. writes with, with Thor from Cigar Press. Uh, Dan's a very good friend. And all of them were like, ah, dude, this is great. People are going to like this, especially when it, you know, all the rough edges come out of it. And there was something about it that bugged me. And I never, never put it into production, but I still have a lot of bands, about 50,000 bands that say 2010 on them. Oh man. So uh, there's just something, sometimes I, again, it's, it's really about the amount of time that I can take to put it together. It's not 2013 was, was easy for me because I, I knew there was a lot of tobaccos grown on that farm that year. And I knew I could play a lot with coming up with something cool. Yeah. 
I tried to put something together with uh, 2018 crop and off of Australia, it didn't work. So I decided to move to a different farm. Uh, and I decided to pick Las Marias, which is uh, the farm in Namahi, which, which the family owns, obviously. It's named after uh, the matriarch of the family. And uh, I think... I created probably the mildest cigar ever. (laughs) (laughs) It it just, it was wild. It it was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then I let it sit for a while and I smoked it. And the last one I ever smoked, I was like, holy shit, like this is good, but there's not a lot of strength here. Like (laughs) it, it was super flavorful, but like no, no strength whatsoever. So I kind of let that slide in. There were other years where Jaime asked me, hey, are you going to use this? Because he would save me tobacco uh, for certain years. And I'm like, no, just put it in the mix. Yeah. Like put it in production with everything else that you're using. Because, uh, which is obviously I didn't want to hold. It's it's to, it's their tobacco. It's not mine. Right. I didn't want to hold tobacco that they, they spent a lot of money to grow and, and you know, and ferment and process. Um, again, they, they let me play. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a very, a very picky person when it comes to final product. And yeah, if something's not working, I just kind of, I'll, I'll give you a great example. It wasn't a La Verite, but when we came up with the original coat door for Atelier, yeah. Uh, Casper, Dan and Casey and I were all smoking and everybody was seemed to be loving it. And they're like, yeah, that's it. And I and I went back to Pepin, and I said, Pepin, I need you to, I need you to smoke this and tell me because I'm having a problem with you. Is what's what's the problem? I go, there's something that's a little too, too aggressive. And he actually said, he goes, yeah, you need to cut the the Pelladuro in half. And so I did it without telling any of those guys. And the final product was actually because I I went to the master. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you have to go back to the source, you know, <laughs> you know, the guy and, that knows, the exactly. guy that knows, I think he, and I think he knows pretty well. Well, okay. and, and, and I appreciate that you, that you use that word master because we've, the, that word gets thrown around a lot, whether it's, we are talking about cigars or wine. And the fact is, it gets thrown around a lot for people who don't necessarily deserve it. And he's one of the few people, I mean, I can count on one hand, the people that I, and and this is just my personal opinion Mm -hmm. that I consider to be that worthy of the word master. And he is one of those people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for me, it's a guy that kind of knows every bit of everything about cigars and can sit down and roll that cigar. Yeah. And there's very few people like that. I, I would, I I've never met Eladio, but I would probably put him in that mix uh, because I know he's a tobacco guy and I know he's also a, a, a well-established blender, obviously. Yeah. And he is a guy that rolls cigars himself, you know, himself. Um, Rolando Reyes senior was that type of guy. Um, Papine, obviously, yeah. uh, but there's, there's few, Benji Menendez. Yeah. I mean, guys like that. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are, that are gone that yeah. I would put in that category, but, uh, 
I don't know. There's not a lot of, you know, factory owners that can actually sit down and, and whip you up a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Arnold brought it up and I'm not going to ask you to reveal anything, but I have to imagine that the wheels are turning as far as coming up with something to celebrate 20 years of Tatuaje. So yeah, what, no, yeah, there's you, a lot what of do stuff. you guys have, you know, uh, and, and again, yeah, if reveal as much as you're willing to reveal, but, but what are you, what are your thoughts as far as, as far as what you want to convey to people for the 20th anniversary of Tatuaje? Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be an homage to where the brand started. Um, because when I created Tatuaje with the Garcias back in 2003, it was always a, like a, like an homage to old Cuba. And obviously throughout the years, I've done a lot of crazy things like the monsters and Fausto, which is definitely not old Cuba. That's new, more, more <laughs> new world, even though it's an old Cuban brand name, it's more new world. Um, so yeah, this is going to be more old school. And it, you kind of see it with when the Veracu Blue, that's more old world styling than it is like the regular Veracu, which is a little bit more punchy and new world. Veracu Blue is more old school. Um, but like I have cigars that I've put away already. Like there's my 50th birthday cigars were supposed to come out a few years ago. They're, I'm holding those for, for 2023 um, only because I like letting them sit. I'm sure my wife doesn't appreciate that I'm taking up space in her humidor, but uh, like I have, I, I swear to God, I have like four pallets of cigars sitting in their warehouse. <laughs> and they're, they're looking at it like, well, when are you going to take them? I said, no, next year. Like, <laughs> so I have, uh, I have a cigar called RL 22, which means reserve limited uh, made in Miami. It's more of a long Corona. And then I have a cigar called EL22, which is a traditional Robusto size that's also in a cabinet of 25, like the RL22. Uh, but that's more based off of the Escasos uh, line. And then uh, I have a cigar called Plus One that's resting right now, actually waiting for boxes. The other ones that I mentioned already are in boxes, aging in boxes. Uh, the the plus one we're waiting on the boxes because uh, I had a conversation with our box maker in Miami that I wanted uh, to make sure that the boxes were a certain way and those are boxes of ten that's a it's a five thousand cigar production not a lot okay and then that's a five and seven eighths by fifty two classic uh, you know six six size uh, Corojo ninety nine shade grown wrapper beautiful you know for me it's it's one of my jams right now. I've been smoking a lot of them. Unfortunately, I won't smoke all of them before they come out. Um, but it's got a covered foot. Uh, the reason plus one, it's kind of a, a playoff of Dion's plus 53. Uh, but I actually don't do the plus symbol. I just call it plus spelled out one spelled out also uh, to kind of make the joke of, you know, it's made in Miami. So it's made in the United States. So plus one for yeah. the area code. Um, or for the country code, you knew that story about plus 53. That's the country code for yeah. Cuba. That's why the name yes. absolutely. Um, and then, uh, I have something in the works I can't talk about, but it's going to be more old school sizing. 
Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Nobody watches. Nobody watches this show, so you can talk about it. <laughs> definitely, definitely in in that like 47, 46 ring gauge. <sighs> um, You're talking dirty to Matt right now. Mm-hmm. Might moves. come in a very might come in a very cool piece of packaging to celebrate twenty years. Aside from that. There's going to be other things coming out of Nicaragua. That's all Miami. There will be something coming out of Nicaragua, uh, but mostly reduxes out yeah. of Nicaragua. All right. I need a minute. I just <laughs> if you, you said for, you say forty six ring gauge, and and I, I get I get very tingly. In yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love the forty six. Oh. Um, hey Matt, I have a question. Yeah, and I don't want to like you know. Step on the roll here that we're doing. No, please. Uh, you have a commercial coming up by any chance? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't need to pee. I just want to go get. No, a, we, it's well, hot as balls out here, and I want to get a cup of ice with maybe some liquor in it. Um, we absolutely. Actually, you were. We were right on the point where we're going to switch into Numero de los Muertos. So you have. You have a couple minutes here to okay. uh, to uh, put, to step put me away. on mute while I go get to the ice machine going and uh, absolutely. A glass of tequila or something. Yes, sir. Thank you. Trust me, I won't drink enough to where I start stumbling. I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be back. All right. So, Garrett, I think I think that means it is definitely time. It is absolutely time. All right. It is time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, on How About That Cigar Live, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Who doesn't love Abe? You're hearing the you're hearing the squeak from my my cork there. I apologize for that. How dare you? Is that four roses? What is that? Four Four roses. Yeah. Uh, Small batch. Small batch. All right, guys. All right, Garrett. We ready? Yes, sir. Sure. All right. So. This is an interesting one. Um, fun, quick little side story. Um, my daughter had brought a couple friends up to our lake cabin this last week. And um, Kat asked me, my daughter Kat asked me, she was like, Dad, uh, what's one of those death statistic things you do for your podcast? And so I gave him one. And all week... They wanted to do more and more and more, and it was so fun. And then uh, they found one for me. I love it. That is yeah. so cool. I love that. It was awesome. And this one was actually really, really good. Um, 
So it's a couple numbers here um, because there's not a really good average. Between 1990 and 2000, in the U.S., there was 11 deaths. Between 2000 and 2010, there was 24. Between 2010 and now, there's been 37. Okay, so, and these are in the U.S.? In the U.S. Lyme disease. Ooh, interesting. No. So basically, during during certain time periods, there's been a steady increase. Correct. Okay, so uh, staying up all night gaming. No. No. The flu. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so it's, so it wasn't sleep deprivation. Was not sleep deprivation. My guess is because it increases and and this most recent time period is higher, it's got to have something to do with social media or phones or something like that. That's where I went with my line of questioning too. And you, Oh, so you had to guess it with them. Wow. Yeah. That's next level. Yep. So it wasn't phone explosion, Quentin. It's not, uh, it's not phones. And it is not tech related. <laughs> Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. That's it. That's fair. That's got to be it. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. Is it tech related? So, no. Um, again, I'll give the numbers. Between 1990 and 2000, 11 deaths total. Between 2000 and 2010, 24. And since 2010 and 2020, um, 37. All right. Um, we already have great guesses in the comments. Keep them coming. Um, it is not polio. It is right. not obesity. Is of it? The nuts. No. it <laughs> is it? Well, uh, I'm, it, I'm not going to say something dirty because that would just be weird coming from kids. Right. So we'll, we'll stick away from that. <laughs> Correct. Um, is it related to some form of disease or illness? It is not. All right. It, would it be considered a workplace accident? Um, for these, uh, very super rarely. Are vehicles involved? No. Does it depend on kids or adults? All ages. All ages. Okay. Uh, not infants and not elderly. Okay. Teenagers? Mostly teenagers. Oh, hazing. Ooh, that's, oh, that's good. good. Oh, that's a good guess. I got to look that up. That's not it? No. God, I thought that would have been it. Um, all right. Are, um, is it? Do these deaths typically take place on land or water land lightsaber duels <laughs> i love it lightsabers aren't real i mean they sort of are real but what, what do they call it when those guys get together wearing costumes and larping is that what larping. they're larping Correct. larping yes god i i love that you know that pete <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, did, Matt, you don't remember there, there was actually a like a uh, was it not a LARP festival or whatever it was anime baby at the trade show one year. Remember that? Yes. In New Orleans. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Um, no. On land, um, I would say falling into a vat where they make wine or beer. Interesting. Drowning yeah. in a vat or wine or beer. No. Employ. I mean that that's happened. So that's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Um, nope. Um, I'm going to go is- through some of these comments. It's not fasting. It's not furries. Is social media involved in any way? Is what? Is social media involved in any way? It is not. Okay. So here's, here's what I'll say. Is all of us have done this activity. Oh. <laughs> I've never there. larped. What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been furry. Come on. <laughs> Get your sick, twisted sense of humor out of there. <laughs> That's going to be the next monster series is the Tatuaje Furry. <laughs> um, shaving. Oh, that's good. No. Are drugs or alcohol involved? No. Shit, I'm way off. Samsonite. No. <laughs> <laughs> so close. I'm not seeing it here, Lloyd. Um... Okay, and this is uh, this is done for both fun. So people do this activity for fun. Lawn darts. Someone said lawn darts. Lawn darts. I know, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. Is oh, lawn is it darts. waxing? Rich Jordan says waxing. <laughs> Who needs to be waxing? No. Oh, that's not damn a, it. That's not God, a I wish activity. it was. I would say scuba diving is probably a lot higher. I would think so too. Plus, well, that's in the water, not on we, land. Yeah, we already said it's land. Is it um, our vehicle? Oh, vehicles. I already asked vehicles. Yeah, no, vehicles. Uh, not skydiving. Again, I can almost confirm that all of us have done this activity. So it's a recreational activity. Yes. Men or women? Both. Both. Um, Cornhole. Oh, no, is sir. It, is it is it an activity that involves music? No. No. Quentin, stop with the the ocean shit. It's not swimming with dolphins. Yeah, it's not. It's not in the, no it's water. Not in the water, Quentin. In the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it softball? Softball is a good guess, but no. Sledding. Is it a Ooh. sport? So here's. Don't think of it as a sport. There are some people who do this as a sport, but um, I will say that in in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, establishments have made a business out of this activity. Rock climbing? You're getting closer. It is not rock climbing. Uh, not falling off a treadmill, not arm wrestling. Is it zip lines? It is not zip lines. Um, so in the northern area, you can do this outside in the summer, 
but most of them are going to be found indoors here. And I will say bouncy that, house. Ooh, you're getting real close. Oh shit. <laughs> and it's similar to rock climbing and bouncy house? Falling from a carousel. No. It's, it's not derby. a bouncy house. <laughs> you're real Adam, close. Adam said roller derby. Not roller derby. God. Paintball. Yes. Richard it Fox is paintball. Uh uh Jason, I'm giving it to oh I shoot. think is it David Floyd. David Floyd gets it with trampolines. Ah shit. Javier Esteves said that also. Trampolines. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh yeah. A few yeah, everybody. So yeah, trampolines. And it's on the rise. Um don't I get something for bouncy house? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a how about that cigar free cigar. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we know a guy. Participation yeah. trophy. You might, we might want to give you. Yeah, we it. we got some Sorry. extra hey. cigars laying around. Hey. I think Pete might have some extra cigars laying around. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh, there you go. I'm actually not smoking that. I'm smoking the the misbanded uh, Coho New 2015. The bands are going to be showing up uh, real soon, uh, and actually they'll finally come out before the end of the year. Nice. But if I got caught on here for a third cigar, that's the next one. So nice. And I hope I do because I love and I enjoy talking with you guys. I was that the the middle part of the show. Are we going for another hour and a half? Oh, we no. honestly, brother, whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> this show is for you. The show is for you. No, I, you know, you don't know me, Matt. I, I love uh, getting in conversations with, uh, with guys, um, with anybody who wants to have a conversation really. So thanks for having me on again. Oh, of course. So, so Garrett, I, I got to go back here. So, trampoline parks mm -hmm. so my kids we we've taken the kids to trampoline yep. parks before yeah. now now it's probably hard to imagine but a guy who looks like me doesn't do so well at a trampoline park <laughs> you know I, I i i maybe bounce twice and then i throw out some something and something gets disjointed and then i'm done i haven't been a yeah, I, I can't do the trampoline parks. So I, I do have a question. Yes. Do you have the stats on this? My guess that it would be more adults hurting themselves and dying I, from it more than kids, yeah. or is it really a mix? I would have to think it's more it's the sad adult. either way, but I mean, yeah. like, so I um, couldn't even imagine, like, bouncing on a trampoline. Children. Slicer nailed it. Gordo ass foos on trampolines. Yes, I am. I raise my hand and say yes. I am that foo. Yeah. Um, the ages thirteen to nineteen are uh, make up majority of that statistic. Ah, so that's horrible. Oh, that's yeah. yeah that's I. I mean, not that yeah. you want to see anybody go, you know, at a trampoline park, but you know, you would think that it would be the guys like me who are way out of shape, who have no business being on a trampoline and suddenly have some sort of heart issue, you know, pop up. I don't um, want to see the kids go. Well, and there's, yeah, yeah. so I know that in my city, um, um, well, I don't know if it's my city or my county. Well, Matt, you're in the same county, but 
um, we can't get homeowners insurance if we have one of those outdoor trampolines. Really? Yeah, yeah it's one of the questioners. Yeah. If, if we have, yeah, if we have, we'll get denied homeowners insurance if we have an outdoor trampoline. Well, you could always buy it after you get the insurance, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> or people lie, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've never had a trampoline. We have we have uh, family members who we've gone to, you know, birthday parties at their house and stuff like that. They have trampolines out there, and and we've taken the kids to some of these massive. And I'm sure you guys have seen these huge indoor trampoline parks, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's it's yeah. insane. I mean, you go there and it's it's like. 12,000 square feet of nothing but trampolines and these big foam pits you can dive into. But just just watching the kids jump around in those parks, like I throw out a hip. But just watching them do it. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you that my brother, if he's still on, might be able to correct me. But there was a guy that lived in our home state or near our hometown that was a ski jumper. A very well-known ski jumper when we were younger. And we had a fair in the park across the street from our house. And every year, if I remember correctly, he would bring out a giant trampoline and do these crazy flips, like really high trampoline, you know, <laughs> moves Yeah. to emulate the stuff that he was doing on skis when he would do the ski jumps. Yeah. So I, maybe I, Jason I, could correct me on that one. Quentin, I can't, I just can't even with you anymore. I just can't. It's trampoline <laughs> in the ocean. I just can't with you anymore. And yeah. Adam, and Adam asking, is that's it that's that's actually a thing. By the way, that's a thing. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I've yeah. seen. So we have, you know, we have friends with lake homes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. here in Forest Lake, and you know, you go spend that's a true. day with them on their boats, and you yeah, know, yeah. you you drink and you smoke cigars on their on their boat out on the water, and they have these floating trampolines out on the water, and and Adam, I'm just, I'm I'm. I, I love you, but but is it Matt landing on top of a kid that takes him out? That is, <laughs> that is, oh, yeah, that's, that's fucked up. That's, 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 so in two thousand, see, and this is why everybody watches this show. <laughs> uh, in two thousand eighteen, a hundred and ten thousand visits to the ER from trampoline related accidents in one year in one year yeah and they're actually on america's home uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i think they get replayed on tiktok and and, uh instagram stories like constantly so in between all the the, political uh, shit we got trampoline accidents all right they're on the fail army youtube channel right i figured the zombies would have gotten quentin already he survived a week yeah, yeah he was in the zombie and amazingly <laughs> enough amazingly enough there was not one trampoline accident of death in jackass that's right, right. That yeah is... they never did they never really did the and those were the guys that really were looking to die <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! That okay? That was so. That was a brilliant segment, by the way. Big kudos to your daughter and her friends. Yeah, for that numero de los muertos. That was brilliant. Well done. Tell them to stay off of trampolines for us, please. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So that we was. We don't want week. this to be a repeat thing. You know. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was this week's numero, numero de, de los muertos. muertos.
Okay, so Pete, we've got some new fresh lightning round questions for you. We've had some in the past, and I, I actually went through. Uh, this is your. This is your. Okay, so if we're being technical about it, this is your sixth appearance on How About That Cigar Live. But technically, it's only your fifth appearance because the first time we had you on was when we had the guys from the hand rolled movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you came, you came on the show about midway through. And if you go back on Facebook and YouTube to watch that video, everything looks great and sounds great, but Pete's audio is gone. That's you right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't actually hear. Pete I remember that. So you can go back and watch it, but you just, anything Pete says, you won't be able to hear it. I purposely um, did that though. Yeah. 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 Totally. Just keep the mystery alive. <laughs> Okay, so for the new... And by oh, the yeah. way, thanks for mentioning Hand Rolled. What a great documentary. Not because oh. I had anything to do with it. No, but, no. But you Steve had a lot Jesse, to do with it. Steve and Jesse put together a piece of art that, that really transcends time and uh, yeah. can be watched for many years. A great person, um, I don't know his full name, but he goes by Big Ash on Instagram, sent me a cool little, like, 25 minute documentary about the boom ages in the 90s that I had never seen. If I did see it, I forgot about it. But it had uh, Cynthia Fuente, Lido, Ernesto in it, and yeah. Oscar Baruchin, who owned uh, Mike Cigars. Yes. So it was really cool. I was actually happy to see it. Yeah. So thank you to uh, him if he's if he watches HBTC. So so Matt Vegdal, you can watch Hand Rolled. You can go on Amazon Prime or Netflix, or I'm sorry, not Netflix. You can go on Amazon Prime or Apple TV or Apple well, TV. Am Amazon, Amazon, because it's not part of your Prime package unless right. Amazon decides to do some special and, on it. But yeah, you can you can uh, you can purchase it for I believe it's fourteen ninety nine. And I think you can rent it too, though, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. can, yeah, yeah. It's worth the purchase, though. Uh, because I've I've watched it probably ten times since mm -hmm. I bought it, you know, right out of the gate, and it's it's just it's it's exciting and fun to watch to just remember all these cool things from uh, the history of the cigar industry. It's a, it's a very cool watch. It's totally worth it. And we ran into into those guys at the uh, PCA show, mm -hmm. uh, and um, we're we're going to try to get them back on again just to. Because they're cool guys, you know. We just want to check guys. in with them and say hi. Yeah, they're they're great, great dudes, and they they really care about the industry. And yeah, that's the biggest reason why they wanted to put it together. Trust me, none of us came out of it thinking that we we're going to make money off it. It was really, it was really just a, a labor of love and yeah. putting to get together something special for the industry. So, you know, it's it's going to turn five soon. Isn't that How about crazy? That? That's yeah. insane. Honestly, and it it still it still works. I yeah. Mean, although yeah. maybe maybe the time that Rocky talks about how Trump and Putin would get together, that we could probably cut that out. And it would yeah, yeah, maybe cut that part <laughs> out. But you know, some things don't age as well as others. You know, that's okay. All right. So uh, for the lightning round, that is always brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House, 
Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. So, Let me just say that that family, the Newman family, is probably one of the best families in the industry. Um, oh, yeah. Drew Newman, who is, you know, taking the company over completely, uh, probably one of my favorite people in the industry. He's definitely the smartest guy in the room. Uh, yeah. It's just nice to listen to, you know, what he has to say about the po- political struggles we deal with and, you know, the FDA struggles we deal with. Uh, again, the, the fam- I can't say more about that family. They're, they're just great people. Well, and, and if you guys go go back and watch our PCA trade show coverage, um, Garrett got taken on a history tour with Eric Newman, and it was it was maybe the longest interview we did at the trade. Typically, our trade show interviews are like three to seven minutes. This was twenty five minutes that Eric took Garrett through a history lesson in um, the museum. Yeah, and, a little mini museum. museum, yeah. And it's just it's so cool. And and I I encourage everybody to go back and watch that because it's just it's it's such one of the things we love about this industry is the history because we wouldn't be yeah. none of us would be doing anything in cigars if it wasn't for the people who came before us. Absolutely. And it's so cool to see where, you know, somebody in Cleveland, Ohio, because literally JC Newman started in a garage in Cleveland, Ohio. And to think of somebody starting a cigar factory that is now renowned around the world for some of the blends and the work that they're doing that started in a garage in Cleveland, Ohio, is is quite simply miraculous. So it's a super cool history lesson that that we have on on the PCA trade show coverage. So we really encourage you guys to check that out. It's super and to cool. see, I mean, obviously Eric was more than happy to to bring me around, tell me these stories. You could hear the the passion that he has, the the knowledge of the history of not only his family and his company and the industry, but I almost wish that the cameras would have been rolling after the fact as yes. we were mm-hmm. off camera. And he was being really candid and he got so choked up yeah. um, at a moment that, uh, and it was just such a beautiful moment. So to see that passion is, uh, is incredible. Yeah, it really is. That's one of the things that, you know, yes, in the, in the long run, they're, they're dried leaves rolled up into tubes and we smoke them, but yeah. there is real emotion that comes from these families that put these products together and there's 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 hardship and there's struggle and there's there's sacrifice that has been made over hundreds of years to keep this activity alive that we love so much and we find it we we find it very meaningful and i know pete does as well and there's there's more to it than just the cigars and the hunt for the cool new thing there's the the history and the family stories that go go into it are are very meaningful to us and and we are grateful beyond measure to yeah. be able to bring if, stories. If you haven't taken a tour of the facility in Tampa, you need to make sure it's a part of one of your stops. I actually took a tour with my sales rep in, in Tampa while we were 
he's based in Miami, but we were up in Tampa doing events and I made sure to go over there and luckily Drew happened to be there. Uh, so we got a, a very quick, easy access tour, Yeah, but it's, it's really cool. It's a great facility and it, man, it's so nice now. Yeah. And we, I'll we tell you know, when it was filmed, when they filmed the, the hand rolled segment for the Newmans, um, they were, this was way before the, the renovation. So it was a different place altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I know they were actually in the middle of remodeling, I think when they were filming, you know, Eric's interview and yeah, they, they actually did a bunch of other footage for the Newmans too. Yeah. Uh, after the fact. So, yeah, that's, that's a tour that we long to take one of these days and we just haven't had a chance to do it yet, but we'll definitely do that. Um, so, all right, for the lightning round questions, Pete, you've had some of these questions before, so we have some fresh, new lightning round questions for you. Okay. So, to start off, if you were suddenly overnight a billionaire, what would be the first unnecessary thing that you would spend some money on? Unnecessary thing? Yeah, just um, a just a frivolous like. After I've you save the whales, I, I yeah. would I would I would probably buy a big ass farm close by here in in uh, Florida in 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 Homestead, buy a big ass property and uh, open up a Rottweiler rescue. Yes, I love that. Love because that. I, I I a lot of people don't know, but I I. I donate to a local Rottweiler rescue here and I, I, we have one baby girl here, but she's our baby, but she's not a baby anymore. Um, and that, that breed of dogs just really hit me hard. And it's actually touched my, my wife, uh, on her heart also a lot. So I think if I had just, just stupid money, unlimited resources, that would be one of the first things I would do. Yeah, I would make sure they would that a already established rescue was involved, but I would want to make sure that they were fully funded. Yeah, I love that. Very misunderstood breed. Mm -hmm. Very misunderstood. Yeah. Um, All right. So would I still make cigars? Someone asked me, Quentin, stop with the question. But yes, would I still make cigars? I would make one. (laughs) (laughs) The Rottweiler. No, I would. No, I would. I would make cigars. Um, I would probably have a lot of parties and just give away a lot of cigars. Yes, because you can't take it with you. Exactly. And yeah. when you're talking about that much money, you could give away a lot of it and still have way too much. Yeah. So the it, guy, you might as well spread it out. The the guy who dies with the most toys still dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might as well. You might as well give it away. Absolutely. By the way, one of my favorite movies, Brewster's Millions. Oh, oh my God. I love that movie. I just watched that. uh, Well, I shouldn't say just, but sometime during, you know, COVID lockdowns and everybody, you can't go anywhere, do anything that popped up on Netflix. And I watched, I love, love that movie. I love it. Great actors. Great, great story. uh, Great outcome. Richard Pryor is just. Yeah. John Candy. Oh, John Candy. So good. Yeah. All right. So let's say you're out at a cigar club one night and it's karaoke night at the cigar club 
and the people there force you to get up and sing one song. What is the one song that you choose to get up in front of everybody and sing at karaoke night at the cigar club? Oh, dude, you know, I, well, everybody's going to, I mean, most people would go in there and do, don't stop believing, uh, you know, it would probably be a journey song yeah. because they're pick me up songs. I, I, you know, I never remember the name of the song, but I love, um, and Abe got me on this one because he, he played a snippet of a song and you had to figure it out. And the lights go down in the city, uh, whatever that song. Oh yeah. Called. It's called, it's called lights. The city it's no, it's called the city, isn't it? Or is it called no, lights? It's, it's called lights. It's the lights. journey song. Yeah. Fucking love that song. That's love a fantastic that song. song. Uh, so that might be a good one. I like it. Absolutely. It's easy. Um, <laughs> so if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life and you can't say money, cigars, or time, but you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, in today's days, I would take gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, unlimited yeah. supply. Um, and honestly, just uh, I think uh, kisses from my dog would be. Uh, oh. I would love to have. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't know. I'm a I'm a sap when it comes to my my dogs and. Uh, I think if I had an unlimited supply of Rottweilers, I would hate to pick up all their shit, but uh, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It would be, I don't know. Like, I'm a dog guy, you know? Yeah. That's that's it. But I don't need, you give me steak. Well, no, I'm not going to, I don't need an unlimited amount of steak. Uh, I don't need an unlimited am- amount of any type of alcohol. Cigars is, you know, we already, uh, I can't pick yeah. that anyways. Yeah, plenty. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. How about love? That's there. It. You go. Hmm. There you go. That's fantastic. All right. So Garrett, hit him with the last one. All right, Pete. So the zombies are coming. Okay. You can pick three industry people to be on your team to survive the zombie apocalypse. Who do you pick? Well, I mean. It's easy. Papine and Jaime are two of them. <laughs> um, why, why them? Out of out of curiosity, other than their their family, which I get. But. Well, I mean, Papine just has a lot of knowledge. Um, you know, this is a guy that, that didn't have much of a of an education in general, but his street knowledge is amazing. Yeah, Jaime is just well versed on pretty much everything you can talk about. Um. Ah. Last person. That's a tough one. I would have to pick one of my friends and it would end up being between a guy like Huber or Herklotz or shit. One of those guys, um, just because I would, I would have to be able to speak English to someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, uh, there's a lot of great people in this industry and I would have to probably think of someone, one of my, you know, similar age peers, uh, 
I mean, okay, that's if I can't pick my wife because I pick her also. But that's yes. let's just yeah, yeah that's yeah. a given. Yeah. Family yeah. is a given. Yep. Because Who I has I, the I, guns? there's three people in the industry right there. My wife, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Who has the guns? Oh, the guns. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I need some of those. Yeah, actually, my nephew. <laughs> there you go. There you go. My my nephew Handy. Uh, you know, Hani's, uh, Jaime's son. Um, I think he's got a few. <laughs> Perfect. That's all you need. That's all you need. All right. So uh, let's jump into this week's Notable Smokable. And Notable Smokables every week is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose and pete you know the drill we each week we talk about a cigar we've smoked recently that was notable to us it could be on the market for decades and we just smoked for the first time in a long time or it could be a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoke for the first time ever uh so pete what is something you smoked obviously you're smoking mostly your own stuff but when you jump outside of your own portfolio what is something you smoked recently that was notable to you i can tell you i'll be honest i haven't smoked um much out of the portfolio, especially in the last couple of years, because I've been working on a lot and uh, I want to make sure my palate is completely uh, driven towards those products. Uh, so, I mean, if I had to pick something, it would be something from the factory. Yeah. Uh, notable smokables, um, the Florida Las Antillas limited edition. Oh, very nice. Very nice. That's an exciting project. That's a very yeah. exciting project because yeah. that uh, I think back when that cigar won Cigar of the Year, a lot of people were not. That was kind of a dark horse. Not a lot of people were expecting that to win Cigar of the Year. And True. Uh, when it did, so many consumers went after that. I was one of those consumers that went after that cigar saying, I've never heard of this cigar. And I bought it and smoked it and loved it. So. I think it's one of the perfect cigars in the industry. Yeah. Um, as far as an everyday should be in everybody's rotation, the Florida Las Antillas classic line is it's there. It, it hits all the notes. It's yeah. got a great price point. It's got great flavor um, and it's readily accessible. So like, I just, it, it, for me, it's a staple for the industry and it needs to be in every store. Yeah. Yeah. Great blend. I really enjoy that one. Uh, but Jeff, the the 10-year anniversary is a nice tweak on that. Tweak on it? Okay. Very very excited to try that one. Uh, Justin, what was a notable for you this week? Uh, last night, I, last cigar of the day was a Rockefeller uh, Dominican Blue Pyramid Cigar. So that was a, a good one that uh, struck out to me. For okay. Time. Very nice. Uh, Garrett, what about you? I had the um, Bosphorus by... Oh, Osgener. Um, Osgener. Yeah, Tim. Tim's. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? What's the name of the cigar, though? I'm just doing it phonetically. It looks like Bosphorus. B O S P H. I bought one. I have one in. I have one in my travel humidor. I bought a couple days ago at the shop, and I haven't smoked it yet. I just had it, and you know, without knowing anything about, and. I knew nothing about Tim's brand or, or cigars at all. Um, and 
Did you have the Toro wow. or the little short Robusto? I had the Toro. Okay. See, okay. the little short Robusto looks really nice. Yeah, I bought the short Robusto. I haven't smoked it yet. So um, my notable this week was actually the 2022 version of uh, the Ferry Otego Elegancia. Mm. Well, the Connecticut Shades. Uh, and honestly, I, I mean, I know there's obviously going to be slight differences from one year to the next, but it, it tastes pretty much the same as the 2021 uh, version of the uh, Elegancia. Really nice, creamy you know, mild, smooth cigar, retro hail that has zero bite. That's Correct. one of the, when it, when the retro, when the smoke goes through the nose and there's no harshness, that cigar has that where it's just smooth and buttery and really, really nice blend that was put together. Absolutely. Quentin said it's Bocephus. Well, I thought it was Bocephus also. Bocephus, so it could be. That's, Bocephus is, who? What? What musician they called Bocephus? That's, Bocephus? Uh, that's that was, Hank uh, Williams Jr. Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, and I was like, I don't. Was it Bocephus? I, I don't. How do you spell it? It's B O B O S P H O R U S. Yeah, so that's Bosphorus. Bosphorus. But Bocephus apparently is the way the way they're going with it, and, and Hank I'm Williams with Jr. That. I don't yeah, think it is though. Yeah. Well, Cephas <laughs> is Hank Williams Jr. That's Oh, what is that song that was popular? Who doesn't love Hank Williams Jr.? What was that big song of his that was um Oh, you, you caught me off guard with that one too. I'm I'm trying Hank to remember Hank. it. The whole time I was thinking about it too. Oh. All right, this is going to bug me now. Garrett's going to have to look it up while I'm doing my uh doing the closing uh uh coming attractions. Uh, so coming attractions for, uh, what are we, Oh, born to boogie. Thank you, Quentin. Yeah. The man with the plan born to boogie. Yes. Yes. That is, that is the song that I think of when I think of, uh, Hank Williams jr. Um, all right. So coming attractions on how about that cigar live next week on the 22nd, we have, Enrique Sejas and our coming attractions, as always, brought to us by our friends at AJ Fernandez Cigar Company. Born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day -day operations at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez now produce unparalleled premium cigars, and they provide a blend strength and flavor profile to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you're sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So don't miss next week when we have Enrique Sejas from Matilda Cigars on the show. Um, so, Pete, if you would please give our viewers and listeners an idea where it's the best place for them to keep up with everything you have going on. Well, I mean, I, I'm on Instagram occasionally, uh, Tatawai Inc. Tatawai Inc. Um, I post a few things in here in my story here and there, and then obviously what Pete Hassel Johnson on in, on Facebook. But uh, you, you can look up TatawaiCigars.com to look at the website. But there, we need a new website, so just stick with what I put out there on social media. Yeah. 
Very good. Uh, Pete, do us a favor, if you would, please stay in the green room for a few minutes after we go off the air. Oh, I'm here. Um, so for our viewers and listeners, guys, we want to thank you so much for watching this episode of How About That Cigar Live. If you have any questions for us, you can email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Make sure to find us on your favorite audio podcast provider and subscribe to the audio podcast so you don't miss any of those episodes. Be sure to go on our YouTube channel and click on the big fat red subscribe button. Thank you so much for that. And follow us on Facebook. Uh, if you guys, uh, like I said, have any questions, you can email us on HowAboutThatCigar.com. And of course, until we see you next time, burn cigars. Matt Bridges. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>